Welcome to episode two of Out of Hours podcast. Um, this is the home of our community NFL discussion where we'll take a dive into the NFL um, off-season um, and, and the draft. Um, we'll be aiming to initially do um, eight podcasts with for each division, then obviously the draft one, um, and trying to get as many of our own members um, on as we can. Um, so obviously the draft was last night, um, or for... If you're listening to it when it's released, it'll be two nights ago. Um, so yeah, joining on this one, we've got um, T.O., Tom, um, and Charlie. Um, so I'll start with T.O., so just want to introduce yourself. Um, what team you support, um, sort of how long you've been supporting them. Um, so yeah. Yeah, so um, I'm T.O. I've uh, supported the Atlanta Falcons now for just over 16 years, which makes me feel really old all of a sudden. Um, I remember watching uh, the first ever game. I think my mate got me into Madden uh, 2004. And uh, uh, the first game I watched was Atlanta versus Carolina. And Michael Vick just absolutely tore them to bits. And... Uh, it was just so exciting to watch and it was just me hooked instantly, to be honest. Um, and I kind of, I liked the vibe of, of a semi underdog. Those guys who knew, know me in the chat, like I give a lot of uh, abuse to people being uh, bandwagon supporters. So um, I kind of liked. Yeah. Would you like to tell everybody who your like football <laughs> stroke soccer team is? Yeah. <laughs> Manchester city. But when I first started yeah. going, underdog, fair, yeah. We, we got relegated, and I spent most of my childhood watching them in League Two. So not that uh, you've mentioned that before, or anything. But... No, well, but because I give so many so much abuse out, I have to make sure that that's caveated. And I was a season ticket holder before anybody starts abusing me about that. Um, so yeah, and then I've been in in out of hours for I want to say like maybe five years, six years. No, it's longer so, than that because you were here before I was. Yeah, so maybe it's six, I think. I mean, I'd, how I've not been booted by a C, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I don't know either. I don't know either. <laughs> um, but yeah, good luck. Uh, so yeah, joining Teal is another Falcons fan. Um, Charlie, again, if you just want to introduce yourself. Um, Charlie, I'm also a Falcons fan. I think I started watching the NFL as a general thing in about 2013, I want to say. Um and then I decided on the Falcons in 2015, um, mainly because Tottenham, which is my soccer team, did a preseason tour in Atlanta once. And I thought, yeah, might as well. They shared facilities, so that's where I was going to go. Um, and yeah, since then, so what's that? Six, seven years almost. So, yeah. You started just not that long before they, they got kind of good and almost won a Super Bowl. Yeah, almost. Almost really that close. Is. And then, Let's not go into this. Yeah, sorry, yeah. I, had to, I had to get that one. <laughs> there's not much we can, there's no, no real comeback to it. It's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, we, we did that. Yeah. Next point. <laughs> right, okay. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so, uh, obviously I was on the last one as well, so I'm Chris, I'm a Patriots fan, um, and I hate the Chicago Bears, and that's about it, really. Um, so, yeah, so we'll just get started. So, in this one, we're just going to kind of have a look at the draft, um, kind of have a look at who we, each team picked, um, maybe discuss if we think it was a good pick or not, or maybe where they should have gone instead. Um, so, we'll start off with, obviously, a number one pick. I don't think there's really much to say about that one. Obviously, Trevor Lawrence went to the Jacksonville Jaguars. 
Um, I think every man and his dog knew that was going to happen. So, yeah, <laughs> I don't think we've really got much to say on that one. Or does anybody think we should have gone elsewhere? I don't know. No. I think in, in the run up to the draft, I kind of liked playing devil's advocate a bit that they might go elsewhere. But I think for the last three years, everybody in college football has basically been talking about him as the the next kind of Jesus incarnate. So um, I, I just I hope he plays up to it. To be honest, yeah. I think we, we need we need a, a a number one overall quarterback superstar because I don't think we've had one since kind of Andrew Luck ish. Uh yeah. Well, we've got Janus, but <laughs> as as somebody mentioned earlier, that he uh future MVP. So, but yeah, so so Trevor Lawrence obviously number one overall. I think number two was kind of similar. Um, Zach Wilson obviously um went to the Jets. I think again everybody knew that was going to happen. Um, I think the Benton had him at one to hundred, the same as Trevor Lawrence. So. Yeah, yeah it's pretty much a given. Yeah. Um, as, sorry, I was gonna say as soon as um as soon as they traded Darnold away, any any doubt was yeah. was it was always gonna be Zach Wilson. It was quite fun thinking beforehand what they were gonna do. Um but yeah. Darnold well, went had to be Wilson. It was interesting the thing with Wilson is like that really started kind of after the season finished. Because for most of the college season it was fields was number two yeah. Uh, yeah so i thought that was really interesting that like even even as they were playing week in week out and then fields had that game in the playoffs where he got injured and then destroyed clemson whilst injured and even then that was his his stock was probably the highest so i, I have no idea I, I i haven't seen anything that would suggest why suddenly they swapped in the like february March time period. Yeah, when it, that was happening, um, he was actually QB four, wasn't he? He was down, and they were linking him with the Falcons. Um, yeah, and as a, it just seemed to be rather I mean, it was than even before his pro day, his pro day, some of the throws were looked really good, but even before that, there was just this massive wave of like, oh, Zach Wilson, Zach Wilson. Because I remember even trying to play devil's advocate, thinking. Would they would they take him first? And obviously not. But he's uh, yeah, he's got some fans, I guess. Yeah, yeah I think. I mean, I, sorry, sorry, Chris, go on. As you mentioned before, obviously, yeah. As soon as the Darnold trade happened, I think everybody knew that it was going to be it was going to be a QB, and that it was just a case of which one. But I mean, I was quite outspoken. I think I mentioned in the chat numerous times that it was it would be it would be the left tackle. It would be Penny Sewell. Um, I just was certain that they were going to take him and obviously as soon as Darnold was was moved on that was that was going to be that there was no way that you trade away your your quarterback after four seasons and then and then don't replace him um because I mean the, there was no sort of rumors around bringing out bringing out anybody else so it was always just going to be mm. Zach Wilson or it was always going to be a quarterback and then yeah so do I reckon Zach Wilson's 100% day one starter yeah Absolutely. Yeah. Um, right. Okay. Doke. So moving on. Um, so up third was the was the Niners um, via Houston, Miami, and then to San Francisco. <laughs> um, so obviously they they took Trey Lance out of North Dakota State. Um, was a wee bit of 
I mean, the sort of week before the draft, it was sort of, I think, I can't remember if it was Rapp or Schefter that said that it, they, they had narrowed it down to the two between between Lance and um, and Mark Jones. Um, I sort of was quite hopeful that they would go Mark Jones because I thought that would increase the chance of Fields falling to later on for the Patriots to trade up for, for Fields. Um, but yeah, Trey Lance. Um, obviously, they've still got Jimmy G as well there. Um, so that could be quite interesting. Um, so yeah, what do we think? Uh, what do we think of the Trey Lance pick? I think his experience is a big question mark, isn't it? So yeah, seventeen games he started. Uh, it's also um, what did Sorry, I know? No, it's less than that, isn't it? it? I don't know. I think he went seventeen and zero. So in his time there, yeah. So I think yeah, he's played seventeen games. But what I heard was um, three hundred and eighteen pass attempts. Yeah. In his entire college career. Yeah, and the average. I think the average. And the average is, is twelve hundred. Yeah. 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 So I, I would imagine he's going to sit for a while, um, and they'll. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of talk about Jimmy G and the Patriots. I mean, maybe the Mac Jones thing now kills that dead. Yeah, um, yeah, I think so. But um, the the thing with the 49ers though is they've got this window, haven't they, where they've got a strong team and a lot of those contracts <laughs> are keep paying in the next couple of years. Um, and so they're probably going to go through a cycle where they're going to have to break the team apart in a couple of years. So it'll be interesting to see how how quickly they can take Lance on that journey. Yeah, I mean, I'd, yeah, sorry, you got yeah. I was going to say, you, I I struggle to think that he won't be a day one starter, but then at the same time, it's you've. I think you've they, got this window where Jimmy G, deal. yeah, I mean G, Jimmy G is he at least he's got the experience. I know there's massive doubts around. He took him to a Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah, I I agree. I, I know think, he's, I he's he, got the injury they, the injury stuff though is yeah. is. But is, then in that in that case, then if he gets injured, that's the time Lance can come in, right? I think yeah. being a day one starter in the NFL at quarterback is a huge deal, and I, I think like. I mean, there's that huge argument from the whole Aaron Rodgers situation of like that's supposedly the perfect way to bring a quarterback through where he's sitting, learning, learning, learning until he literally can't bear it anymore. And then you bring him through and he's amazing from from day one. I mean, like, yeah, there's other ways of doing it. But I think um, like the, the reason why I'm so on it about Lance is like thir- 300 pass attempts is is like it, it, it's a quarter of what most other quarterbacks are getting yeah. and he's no, not I'm, he's not going to catch that up quick yeah um, yeah I, I think we're going to see jimmy g start um i would be very very surprised if we see trey lance start in week one um jimmy g is not a bad quarterback exactly, um, yeah. he's not a great one either but he as you said he, he led them to super bowl um he obviously wasn't good enough to get them over that finishing line but yeah I think they're in a scenario where they're in that window but he's so inexperienced I don't think you can start him um you're you're gonna end up with a situation where you're just like with the likes of um David Carr where you just all the he's obviously got the better old line than what David Carr did but you're just putting him out there and he's just gonna get eaten alive um yeah. so inexperienced I mean, you, you compare him 
to the likes of Matt Jones, who obviously had an incredible O-line in front of him, an incredible wide receiver core. Um, and he's obviously at, at one of the best college programs in, in the country. Um, so he's probably going to be a little bit more pro-ready and obviously the experience he's got. And he's not faced the same things that obviously Trey Lance is going to have to overcome. Um, but yeah, I, I think I... Unless unless the Niners are like four and six or something like that, I don't think we see Trey Lance next season. I'd be very surprised to, to see him make an unless obviously Jimmy G gets injured again, which is probably yeah, quite a sorry you would expect that to possibly happen the way that he's yeah. the last few years have gone. But yeah, I'd be, I'd be very surprised if we see Trey Lance next season. Um Okay, so we'll move on to number four. Um, I think I'll probably mm-hmm. just go and maybe make myself a cup of coffee or something and just leave you two <laughs> to argue this one. Uh, I'll come back in five minutes and see if these are still going. But yeah, so, so Kyle Pitts was drafted by the Atlanta Falcons at number four um, out of Florida. Um, I think a lot of people had him as the the best player in the draft, um, even above Lawrence. I think I, I saw a few people had him as sort of the best prospect um obviously he's not quarterback so he's kind of excluded from the first few picks but um yeah so Kyle Pitts <laughs> so I think we have slightly yeah. different views so I'll let you Charlie go first because yeah this he's paid up as a member of the fan club now <laughs> <laughs> Kyle Pitts was the player that I wanted when I when we started looking at um like who the top um prospects were going to be he's he's who I wanted I thought um Hayden Hurst didn't have we didn't use him as much as we probably should have last year um take his athleticism his size and just his hit the way he although he's listed a tight end he can he's basically a wide receiver in my eyes and even though we as a Falcons fan it's it's so hard because no matter what we did we're still going to have holes we're still going to have so many issues. So I, I was always of the opinion: take the best player, no, the, and just and just go. Yeah. The one thing I didn't want was the trade down. That was the only thing I didn't want. Um, so I'm I'm very happy. The only thing I did want was the trade down, <laughs> because <laughs> when you've got so many holes, that's exactly what you need. And I guess I guess it's whether you're are you. Are you drafting for right now, or are you drafting for the future of the franchise? And, and in my opinion, we've we've drafted for now for like the last five years, and we keep getting it wrong. And obviously, now we've got different people in charge and stuff like that. I mean, I recognize I was having this conversation earlier. Like, we are not scout; we're not talent evaluators. And no, even absolutely. the ones who do it professionally, they seem to get it wrong a lot. And then, obviously, we're watching... I watch college football when I can, but you can't watch all the games at once. You can't watch every snap or the rest of it. Everything that is said about Kyle Pitts makes him sound, like, amazing. I think, again, I was saying earlier, like, there seems to be an article about him being a unicorn everywhere. Um, and this yes. idea that it's, like, a something that's never been seen in the, the, the uh, draft before. And I always get nervous about that kind of hype because then... Actually, there's so much that can go wrong, like injuries, those kind of things, um, just not living up to the hype. Will he be an amazing player? Maybe. And I guess it's a bit of a cop-out to say, obviously, if he is amazing, then it was a great pick. Um, 
but I just can't help feel like we're just gonna we're gonna lose games fifty to forty seven every week um, because you just look at everything we lost on the defensive side of the ball. So first of all, like last year we had a terrible defense, and then this year it's got even worse because we've lost the likes of Keanu Neal and Ricardo Allen and all those things. And I know there, I think maybe it's a case of the fact that there wasn't a standout defensive players in this draft, um, but. If if you could say right instead of pits you might get two or three really good starters, is that a better position for our franchise and where we're going to be? And I guess it boils down to like what your time frame is. I think when we've chatted before, Charlie, you said something about we won't be able to be competitive next year. Whereas my mindset is that's not going to happen anyway. But my opinion is is that we're kind of in a transition phase. I don't see us challenging for Super Bowls, so we're kind of going to be picking in this position again next year. Um, we're going to be trying to move on from Matt Ryan. Um, and we've got all this cap problems, whether it's Julia, whether it's Matt Ryan, Grady Jarrett, all players that are getting older at various ages, right? But I kind of just think A, A was trade down and B was take a quarterback. So when trading down didn't happen i was like okay maybe it's just in fields and obviously being a georgia kid i thought it fit now maybe some of the stuff around the epilepsy meant that 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 just went out the window or it's too much of a risk but if i'm thinking about the long-term prosperity of a franchise what like what would the patriots do model um i don't i don't know whether they take pits but at the same time i'm not like coming away absolutely gutted devastated i think it's like We've got a really yeah. fun toy. So mm-hmm. <laughs> what I anticipate next season or <laughs> yeah. the next couple of seasons to be like is losing every week, but then seeing a great play from Pitts and going, oh, great. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think you summed it up pretty well. I mean, I, I saw that tweet that I think, I think you had retweeted it about basically if, if the Falcons take Pitts rather than lose six games by 14 points they'll lose six games by seven points yeah um and yeah i mean obviously i'm not a falcons fan and i was never a big fan of the patriots trading down every year but obviously other than obviously last year we were a competitive team um every year whereas obviously the falcons at the moment are not um and yeah if i, I yeah if i was if i was a falcons fan i would have been very much on the idea of yeah trade down um try and pick up some extra picks it, but it, at the same it, time it reminds me of our madden league right where <laughs> the players who are really good who win every year they do one kind of thing and the the teams that are picking at the bottom losing every year do what the different kind of thing and you nearly you nearly always see like the the star players um get traded away from the teams that are really good at Madden, like the elite players get rid of big stars and they get massive amounts of picks in. Yeah. And it feels like it's the same, it's the same in real life. Like it's, you you know, that's what the Patriots do all the time. And that's why they're consistent. No, we just let them walk. Well, yeah. (laughs) And then get them back the year after. (laughs) The Steelers are are pretty similar. Like they just have a consistent model. To be fair, even the Saints, like these yeah. are teams that are always picking at the back of the first round, and they're still yeah they, they kind of get their picks right, which is a big thing. But they're they're kind of 
but they're not they're not having to pick the the, the best of the best because they've got more depth in a full team. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I, I get as as you said, I, I get why they've gone pits, but for me, it, yeah, there's so many holes in that defense. Um, but I think at the same time, also the Niners trade might have completely scuppered them. Yeah, because nobody was then. I mean, everybody knew that. I think everybody knew that they were going quarterback. Um, I think we had this argument a couple of times that you thought they might be going wide receiver. Um, and I was very much the opinion, no, it's quarterback. Um, you don't give up what they gave up. No, for to go. Yeah, no. you have to. Um, and I think that possibly, because I mean, realistically, who would have gone up? Um, Panthers maybe, but you might have got a wee bit for eight to four. Broncos, Broncos maybe. Bears, that would have had to be an absolute haul from 20 to four. And then probably think, your only other ones would, would have been the Patriots. And again, we'd I think if it had been that much, I don't think if it so. had been Mac Jones three as well, that would have been completely different. I reckon a lot of teams would have been interested, have. more interested in Trey Lance. Trey than Lance they would have yeah, been. yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll wait and see how. Yeah, but as I said, I I just think it's going to be a case of the Falcons games will be slightly closer, but ultimately that defense is going to let them down. Yeah, um, shock. And the offensive line. Like, and how's Matt Ryan going to get time to... Enough news. Water is wet. <laughs> right, okay, doc. Grass so, um, is green. And... Yeah. Uh, so, n- pick number five, Bengals. Uh, Jamar Chase from LSU. Obviously, that was reuniting Chase with um, Joe Bur- Burrows. He's obviously coming off that bad knee injury. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, Charlie. I was actually very surprised by this. Um, because and I think most people were for the simple fact is if okay you had he had an injury that could have happened at any point but that Bengals O-line is got so many holes in it yeah and taking Sewell would have made so much more sense in me in my opinion protect your franchise quarterback um and you you're gonna my thinking is when Joe Burrow's come back, how nervous is he going to be as soon as he gets an Aaron Donald running at him? <laughs> and he's thinking, yeah, no, oh, damn it. Donald jumping on your back, yeah. Exactly. So nothing in that situation, nothing's changed for him. Yeah, he's got another nice shiny toy to play with, but if your leg's in three different pieces, toys yeah. don't make any, you know, they, they don't do anything for you. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Burrow was very good before he went down. I think he was pretty much a shoe in for, for rookie of the year. Obviously Herbert ended up getting it, who also mm. had a very, very good year. But I mean you've I could I could understand it maybe if he hadn't been injured and did, thought, right, we'll give him chase and that might be the difference. But to watch him go down in his rookie season with a horrific injury like that and then I think their old lines got even worse <laughs> to then yeah, I just could not understand it. For me, it was, it, yeah, Sewell was going to be there at five, I think. Um, regardless, there's no way I think the Falcons were taking him. Um, they should have been, yeah, that pick should have been with, with, in within a minute, Sewell, and protect, protect, protect Joe Burrow. Exactly. Um, but yeah. Hey, 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 yeah. I, Sorry, Tio. I was going to say, I, I, 
I agree with everything that's been said, but I do see where they might be coming from. And yeah. I think that's because I think because Jamar Chase sat out, I think a lot of people might not have seen or realised how good he was the season mm. before. And it's like, oh yeah, I mean, I, I don't think anybody's debating that he's an absolutely phenomenal player. I mean, I don't like drafting wide receivers in the first round because yeah. I think it's you're so hit and miss. But because um, you'll get you'll get a MK or a tight end, yeah. Um, <laughs> but I think obviously the chemistry that obviously Burrow has as well with Chase obviously probably was a big part yeah. in it. But yeah. I, I was coming into this, I was really high on. Jamar Chase and Devonta Smith and obviously I'm excited to talk about Smith later because I changed my mind but Jamar Chase I think could be like elite elite on a Julio Jones DeAndre Hopkins level and therefore when you look back on it with time if he is that player then in three years time everybody will be saying oh my god that was a great pick I think they've still got a second round pick to spend on a tackle um, there's still a couple kind of big names left, I reckon. Um, and also, if they're building for years and years, then they've got future drafts. Um, but there isn't there isn't a Jamar Chase in my mind next year or the year after. Like this is, I mean, I and mean, we we have this debate all the time, don't we? Where people talk about every draft there's more and more generational talent, whereas I think. Like Jamar Chase, the numbers Jamar Chase and Devonte Smith put up in the uh, last season, the season before, are like record-breaking numbers. Um, and so, if he is the receiver they think he is, then actually, they're they're probably maybe grateful he's dropped. Like, even though yeah, it's a wide receiver, but if he's like a Randy Moss future Hall of Famer, I mean, he's already kind of coming out with stuff about how being pretty arrogant. Big Hall of Fame, yeah, break every single. <laughs> Bengals uh, receiver yeah. is, which I mean, he's confident. Yeah, yeah. You've, um, got, you've got to be that, haven't you? That's the thing. Yeah. I mean, I, I like the pick, as as I've said. I I I don't dislike the pick. Um, I think they've got a very good player there. But when yeah, when when Burrow's just gone down, and I mean, how's he going to break those records if Joe Burrow's got no knees by two years' time? <laughs> yeah. Um. Sure. But yeah, we'll yeah. just have to wait and see on that one and see how Burrow gets on with, with no O-line. But, um, <laughs> right, so we'll move on to number six. So that was the Dolphins pick Jalen Waddle um, out of Alabama. So that was originally the Philadelphia Eagles pick, um, which was traded to Miami straight after Miami had made the Niners trade. Um, so the, the Dolphins moved straight back up to six to take Jalen Waddle. Um, I mean, in my mind, there's not really much to say on this one. I think, yeah, I think this was pretty much sure-fired. I, I don't think anybody can really complain at this one. I'm interested to see how he turns out because he never he's never gotten the same level of conversation as his teammates. I mean, like he's picked before Devonta Smith. I think that's to do with to do with his size. Um, but even in previous years, like he was behind Jerry Judy and um, Ruggs, and so yeah. he's 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 never like been a number one guy. But then, like if we're saying being picked at five is really high for Chase, then being picked at six for Waddle feels even higher, just based on he doesn't have the same hype. But it's you know it's only one pick back. I think just as well, probably. I mean, the same way as we mentioned with Chase and Burrow, the connection between him and Tua. Obviously, two has lost 
um, a couple of weapons and, and didn't have the greatest um, receivers last season. Um, had a lot of drops and issues with that. Um, whereas you, you give him Jalen Waddle, who he knows well, played with, um, and obviously they should have pretty much an instant chemistry. Tua should know exactly the type of player that Jalen Waddle is. So, yeah, I mean, as I said, I, I don't think that's, I, th- I think everybody thought that's where they might go. Um, and I don't think anybody can, even if he, he doesn't turn out, I don't think anybody can look back and say that that was a dumb pick. Um, yeah. But, yeah, Charlie? No, I'm nothing to add, really, to be honest. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, for me, I think the the best bit about it was when the cameras panned to him um, and he's just got walked out. <laughs> Um, yeah. But he, he said he'd already celebrated with his family or, or something, and that's yeah. why he just got up and went. But yeah, that was that was probably the only talking moment for me. I mean, I hope he doesn't listen to this, but he didn't seem like the brightest tool in the shed, shall we say? <laughs> the sharpest, <laughs> the sharpest tool in the shed. I didn't even get it right. I don't think you'll probably hear this, to be honest. So I don't think, <laughs> I don't think you'll have to worry about Jalen Model outside your outside your door. Um, <laughs> Right, okay, doke. Number seven, uh, Detroit Lions, um, offensive tackle out of Oregon, Penny Sewell. Um, as I said, I didn't think he would still be on the board here. Um, but I think it was, yeah, pretty much a case of. I didn't think they would go quarterback, obviously, because they've now got Jared Goff. Um, but there was always a possibility that they might. Um, I think after our the out of hours, you're the GM. Um, I think there was a Lions um, UK account, didn't take very kindly to the fact that. The, the, that the Lions didn't go quarterback, but um, I didn't expect them to, and it was just I thought they might take Parsons, um, but they've they've gone offensive tackle. Um, bit of nonsense in that draft room celebrating, but um, it's the Lions. So, but yeah, what do you guys think about so? Yeah, you've I got thought... to give Goff the best chance that he can. Yeah, and you've got to the point where you can say, right, you've got no excuses. If if you if you if you're not doing anything here, it is because you suck. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> and, there's and always it, been... <laughs> a bit dramatic, but you 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 get a point. You give him as much as you can. Yeah, I mean, I think that there's always been questions about golf. I mean, obviously, he made it to Super Bowl. Um, I mean, they weren't exactly the greatest offense in that Super Bowl. Um, and there's always, I think, been some questions about how much is it McVeigh's offense. I mean, there was. I don't. I can't quite remember. It's a few couple of years ago now, but there was those sort of rumors that basically McVeigh was running through the play with Goff on the sideline through the helmet, basically running him through what his reads were. Um, and I think that's quite scary for for a quarterback. It's um, embarrassing. Yeah, yeah, it's a bit embarrassing. I think so. How he's going to get on without McVeigh now? Ugh, I don't know. Um, tough division as well. Uh, Especially when, when his coach is shouting to bite people's ankles instead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was, Saul, Saul was like Sewell was like a top two pick, like running through the yeah. season. And then he yeah. dropped back. And then when I when I was reading notes and stuff, they, like a lot of them the scouts keep repeating no. that he, he's an immature worker. Um and that he's got poor work ethic. Like that would be alarm bells for me. Yeah, um, I mean, they, they, they certainly didn't seem very worried in the draft room. Um, go by the shenanigans in there, um, they certainly seem happy with the picks. So, um, yeah, I don't think there's, to be honest, there's really much else to say about Sewell. I think everybody thought he's the best 
what other than I think Chris Sims had said that um, Slater was the best. No, sorry, not Sims. The um, the guy that was on NFL Network. I can't remember. He was sitting on the end. I've forgotten his name. Um, he had Slater as the best tackle. Um, but I think most other people had had Sewell as the best tackle in the draft. Um, so yeah, I think I think that was a fairly solid pick with him still being on the board at seven. Um, so we'll move on to eight. So that was the Panthers. Um, took J.C. Horn, cornerback out of South, South Carolina. Um, I'm not going to lie, I was celebrating, punched the air, because I was delighted that Fields was still on the board, and that was one of the two that he got through. Um, that, was a, um, that was a backing of Sam Darnold, really, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. Um, so I would imagine we'll see Darnold's fifth-year option get picked up, obviously. Bridgewater's now gone. He's in Denver. Um so yeah, I mean that that Carolina defense is building pieces. Um, we've got some good good young players on there, and I think yeah, corner was a, was obviously a position in need for them. So I think I think they've addressed that with Horn. Um, I didn't think he would be the first corner to go. I thought it would be certain at ten. Um, I thought if Parsons falls to the Panthers, um, they might take him. Um, I I just thought most teams might go for Parsons because I really really like him. Um, but yeah, so Horn, um, good pick. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Son of former Saints legend Joe Horn. Yeah, I uh, think Glenn was very disappointed when uh, when Horn went there. I think I feel like there is a positive correlation. Whenever you hear somebody's either related or you know directly related um, to a former NFL pro, they nearly always seem to work out. Like they, they must just get, they just get it, don't they? Like, and and they've got they've got a parent who can advise them on what steps to make, and you know, not messing it up. Yeah, uh, Charlie. Yeah. Good pick. Um, I I think yeah, good pick because what you said they're they're slowly building this. What what looks like at least on paper a very good defense, and. I think were they were they five and eleven last year, something like that. <laughs> sounds like sounds five, like something the Falcons think about doing. I, <laughs> it should be, should be, but I, th- I think they were five eleven and one, so they weren't weren't actually that much better than us. Um, so I think maybe not this year, but next season, I think their defense is going to be pretty, pretty solid. It's actually and. Going up again in some twice twice a year is not going to be that fun. Yeah, and you got Christian McCaffrey, Christian McCaffrey. They basically just need a game manager. So if Sam Darnold can be half of what people were hoping it would be, then they'll challenge. Yeah, I, mean, yeah. I think the, I think yeah. they did mention it in the in the coverage that I think the the problem for for Horn is going to be flags. Um, I think he I think they mentioned that he has a he's too blatant with grabs and holds. Um, and in the NFL these days, you just can't do that. Um, the minute he's obviously going to be going up against much better wide receivers, he's especially in that division. Um, he's going to have Michael Thomas. He's going to have Julio Jones. He's going to have Calvin Ridley. Um, like and then obviously all the ones on the Bucks. Um, he's going to have to deal with all of them. Um, possibly Pitts as well. Um, depending on obviously what the Falcons yeah. do with him. Even if you put him so, as you match up in with your second receiver, yeah, um, you're still scary. That that seems to be 
or seem to be the the sort of issue that he may have. Um, so we'll see how he gets on with that. But I mean, he's he's supposed to be very good in, in man coverage. Um, uses his size very very well. Um, but yeah, I think I think it was a good pick for the for the um, Panthers. I don't think there was much of a need for them to do much on offense. Um, I was fairly certain they wouldn't go wide receiver. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think Horn was a was a good pick. Um, so we'll we'll move on to nine. So that was the Denver Broncos. Um, again, I punched the air. Um, when when Sertain was announced, and um, cornerback from Alabama. Um, again, because it was another team that had passed on Justin Fields. But yeah, Sertain, I thought we'd go we'd go ten to the to the Cowboys. Um, I had him going there. Um, but obviously the the Broncos pinched him. Which I think disappointed Dallas because obviously they obviously I assume wanted Horn or Certain, so they of course traded down. But good pick for the Broncos. Defense needed help. Yeah, I'm I'm surprised the Broncos are sticking with Drew Lock. Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah, they have they have indeed. Yeah, I forgot about that one. Um, but do you, do we think that Teddy's going to go straight in and and take the job? I'm not 100 percent sure if I'm honest. Um. But beyond that, I think taking again is a, is another good cor- cornerback. Um, I thought he was going to be ahead of J.C. Horn um, so, when we did our um, my the GM or you're the GM rather. J.C. Horn actually fell quite far, um, but certain was or certain was about nine or ten in fairness. So I think yeah. that's a win for whoever whoever picked him. <laughs> I think but just again, based on the Broncos. Like... Sorry, I was going to say the Broncos, uh, another team with a just shake, shaky everywhere, really. Yeah, I mean, looking at you look at certain sort of bio on on the NFL sort of website and some of the scouts think about him, and he it's incredibly impressive. Um, father was Pro Bowl cornerback, now a coach, elite physical traits. Um, prototypical athleticism, technically pro- uh, proficient and trust that technique, unwilling to flinch or overextend through press fakes and release, and that's only four, and there's about fifteen um, and weaknesses. There, do, did, there doesn't seem to be many. Um, needs to be a bit more physical. Um, a little bit of an issue with penalties. He had four pass interference last in 2019, um, and six penalties in total. And seems to struggle in the red zone against big receivers, um, or near the goal line, should I say? Um, not division shouldn't be too big of an issue. Obviously, you've got the Chiefs, um, Raiders, Chargers shouldn't be too big of a problem in there. Um, in comparison to like to the the NFC South, where obviously we've listed some of the the big receivers in there that that can cause all number of problems, but yeah, I think this was a surefire one for me. I, I really, really liked Sertain, and I think the Cowboys were absolutely gutted that they didn't get him. Um, yeah, I think really good pick. Tom, same? Yeah, I agree. I agree. I was surprised he didn't go the other way around um, with Horn. Uh, I think just for the fact that you think of the receivers that he's playing against in, in training every day, um, he's just seems like he's the most pro-ready corner that's going to make a difference day one. It's interesting the Broncos are kind of, they're already 
fairly good on defense and they made themselves better um, rather than kind of addressing some of the, you know, I thought feel even if you've got Teddy Bridgewater, I thought I still thought Fields would go. So, um, but yeah. Okay, so we'll move on to ten. So obviously that was originally the the Cowboys pick and traded out to the Eagles. So obviously that was within the division. Um, yeah, I think as we mentioned, I think this was Dallas wanted one of those two corners. Obviously both went off the board eight and nine. So yeah, moving down, I think was a sensible move for them um, didn't need a receiver, don't need a quarterback um, I think that was a good move for them so the Eagles obviously traded in and picked Devonta Smith Tom. Bust <laughs> I, I, I'm going to put my neck on the block right on the, on the run up to the draft <laughs> What was the trade for? I was watching it uh, I think it was uh, third I picked up Third Yeah um, yeah, so like on the run up to the draft, I was fully supporting Smith. Basically, his numbers, his performance, oh, incredible. Okay. Um, kind of because I, mean, I missed that one when I was watching. It was a bit of a delay there. Um, so yeah, like I, I thought he was going to be. I th- I think he could be amazing, but the 166 pounds is just too much for me where there's there's no precedent from any other receiver in the NFL who is that height and that weight and been successful. There are some other receivers that are nearly that weight, but they're also four or five inches shorter, um, and therefore everything's condensed. Whereas I just, you, you see him, and I, I think he's had an entire six months to bulk up as much as he can for the draft. And I think he came into the draft lighter than his measurements in college, which obviously are always a bit ropey. But I just feel like he's going to get hit by a 200-pound safety and be out for the year, every single year. Um, and like, I, I don't discount his talent. He could, he could be really good. But I, yeah, at that, I just worry about that. And if, <laughs> if it was my team, take, and, and, uh, I'd, feel, I'd feel like, yeah, I've got concerns about longevity and um, getting absolutely nailed. Yeah, I think, I mean... Again, you look at his strength and weaknesses, and there's one, two, three, four, five, about almost 20 in the strengths. Weaknesses, there doesn't seem to be many, but the top two, bone thin with playing weight near 170 pounds, and teams will have concerns about his framing durability. I think that pretty much sums it up. Um, and it, it, interestingly, his NFL comparison is Calvin Ridley, hmm. which I'm not quite sure about, but yeah, I mean, six foot, 166, yeah. I'd, yeah, I'd be a bit concerned with that, but also not if he'd been ended up with the Patriots because we can take all the wide receiver help we can get. But um, yeah, Charlie, similar thoughts. Charlie, after right, we'll just move on. Uh, Okey So after that was the sort of biggest trade of the night. Um, the, the Bears ruined my evening. Um, uh, traded up the Giants to Levin to take the um, who I hoped would be the future Hall of Fame for the Patriots quarterback Justin Fields um, out of Ohio State. Um, yeah, I think I mean, no brainer for the Bears. I think that one. Um, I think that does probably guarantee that Pace and Nagy are probably going to get an extension now. Um, and obviously that's a lot of draft capital they've given up now for for Trubion Fields. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't think there's any doubt about Fields's sort of the way he plays, um, and I think he, he probably will slot in quite well into that that Chicago offense. Um, albeit poor Andy Dalton, who's probably going to have half a season and then be run out of Chicago. But um, yeah, Fields, good pick. Yeah, I agree. I think it's win-win. If if uh, Dalton does well, then Fields gets to sit and wait. If he doesn't do well, then Fields can come in. Um, I'm, I, I follow Ohio State, so I've watched him a lot, and um, you know I'm confident he'll be he'll at least be a really good pro. I think he could be special. Um, and they, I think the big thing is they went and got their guy. Like that's what you want from your franchise. Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah, I think that's a great. I was surprised that the Bears were allowed um, or the the sort of Bears ownership allowed uh, Ryan Pace to do that um, because I think he's he's on a bit of a sticky wicket. Um, But yeah, I think think it was a pretty good pick for the Bears. Obviously, they've given up quite a bit, but um, I think Charlie's trying to rejoin us, but um, we'll move on anyway. Um, so pick number 12 um, the Cowboys obviously traded down as we mentioned with the Eagles so they now won pick 12 they took Michael Parsons linebacker out of Penn State um, I absolutely loved Michael Parsons I thought he would go top 10 um, really really interesting player um, so yeah did you like that pick for the Cowboys I, I absolutely love this I, I think I mean, in the throughout the season, Mika Parsons was the best athlete in the draft, according to to most people. Um, obviously, as the season was progressing, I think I, I'm the same. I thought he was going to go first defensive player, um, kind of top ten, you know, top seven ish. Yeah, and, I, uh, I thought the lines would take him. Not uh, only have they got him, but they've so. traded back, so it's like win, win, win. Yeah. Well, I mean, I. I think the last few years the Cowboys have kind of very much done that, gone best player available. I mean, the last year they took CD Lamb. I don't think that was really much of a need, but I think they're very much jerry in terms of just best player avail- available if if the big major need isn't there. Um, I would have possibly traded down again. Um, just, I mean, they've already got Vander um, like Vander Esch and Jalen Smith. Um, obviously they've now added Parsons so it's going to be quite the linebacker room in there um, but yeah I mean I think Parsons is a bit of a physical specimen um, I think some of the things he's he can do is are pretty incredible um, but yeah I think good pick up for the Cowboys very very good player um, Sean Lee obviously now out of out of Dallas so they've replaced them I think pretty well um, but yeah Still waiting on Charlie, but I'll send him another invite. I think he's uh, in. Is he in? Yeah. He's there, Charlie. He's in, but he can't hear. <laughs> right. We'll skip on. So number thirteen, uh, the Chargers, Sean Slater, um, tackle out of Northwestern. Um, similar to a few of the picks already. I think yeah, this one was absolutely nailed on. Doing what the Bengals should have done. Yeah, protect Herbert. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't really think there's much more we can say on that one. Um, Slater obviously was one of the top two tackles. Um, as I said earlier, I think it was one or two folk had him as the number one tackle, but 
Um, everybody, everybody had him and Sewell up there as the best two. I don't, yeah, I don't think they could have really gone wrong here with this pick. I don't think anybody will look back and say that was that was a daft pick. Um, you've got to protect that rookie quarterback, um, who right. was obviously very good last year. Um, right, okay, we'll, we'll move on to fourteen. Uh, Jets with Vera Tucker guard USC, which obviously they traded up with the Vikings to get him. Um, yeah, I think good pick as well. Yeah, I think it's the same story again, isn't it? Um, they got a, they're going to have their young star, and could they be accused of not protecting Dam, uh, Dam, Sam Arnold enough? It's Arnold. Sam Arnold. <laughs> um, we'll get there eventually. Yeah, exactly. I've been I'm seeing ghosts. Um, Sam, yeah, Sam Arnold. They they didn't protect him, did they? They didn't give him a chance to be successful. So don't make the same mistake twice. So um, yeah, it makes complete sense. Yeah, no, I, I like that pick, unfortunately, as much as I hate the Jets, but yeah. So moving on to number 15 was the New England Patriots, uh, Mark Jones, quarterback out of Alabama. Um, I'll get a start on this one. Obviously, as I've mentioned, Fields was who I wanted, um, but I am now all in on Mark Jones. He's now the greatest. <laughs> he's the best, the best quarterback in the draft, always was. He's better than Lawrence, he's better than Lance, he's better than Wilson, he's better than them all. Um, he's the next Tom Brady. Um, by the end of his rookie deal, he will have won two Super Bowls. Um, yeah, he's he's the guy. Um, spoke really well in his um, in his press conference today at Gillette. Um, sounds like he's been in that system for for ten years. It sounds like you're listening to Hightower, Edelman, Brady. Obviously, when he was there, um, yeah, he screams Patriots to me just the way you hear him talking. Um, yeah, I really like. Well, I mean, as I said, I wanted Fields. I, I thought Fields could be really special, but um, Mark Jones is going to come in, sit behind Cam at least for the season. I don't think we'll see Mark Jones at all this year because um, I think the Patriots will be better than they were last year. Um, but yeah, I'm sure you'll probably have a difference of opinion there. I've just I've never really liked him, and I can't explain to you why. He just he feels a bit smug without having a reason to be smug necessarily, but that's more <laughs> of a personal thing. When you look at some of the comments, they they do talk a lot about there, there's a fair amount of weaknesses. It's kind of he's like the first player that that starts to get a lot of weaknesses creep in uh, for, on the scouting reports, and they they do seem to talk about like a lack of poise and a bit panicky. Um, but I mean, as I said earlier, like if there's one place you're going to go to be a quarterback, it's it's New England to give you the best chance of being successful. You know, the things they've done with the likes of Matt Castle and Jimmy G and all the rest of it. Like he's he's going to if he fails there, then he was rubbish. Basically. Yeah, I mean, I think the the main questions obviously are his athleticism um, and that he doesn't have the biggest arm. Um, but yeah, we'll just have to wait and see. I mean, yeah, yeah. As I said, I, I want, I did want Fields. Um, it'll be but... interesting it, it, for me. It'll be interesting to see how you run an, an offense with two very different quarterbacks. Yeah, yeah and I so... mean, I think that's, I think that's going to be the thing that I mentioned earlier that we we won't see Mark Jones unless the yeah. Patriots are two and seven. Um, and is Bill gonna do the same as what you've seen other teams do that they'll relent and. Week nine or ten, go right. We'll throw him in at the deep end now. Um, I don't think so. 
Um, but I don't think it's going to come to that. I, I think that Patriots team is going to be much better than it was last year. I think it will be in, in the hunt for the division all season. Um, it's going to be tough because that Bills team is still very good, but um, the Patriots are going to be far, or on paper, that Patriots team is far better than it was last year. Um, there's, a, there's improvements, I think, all across the board. Um, so you yeah. have you'll have third locked in. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we're getting Charlie back, but we'll move on to to sixteen with the Cardinals. Um, although Christ, that's just only halfway there, so we'll really need to speed up. Um, <laughs> so Zavin Collins um, to the Cardinals linebacker Tulsa. Um, interesting pick. Um, I think that's going to be a player that don't really know what they're going to do with him. Um, Big, physical, athletic, outside linebacker. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't, I'm not sure where the Cardinals were going to go with it. Um, I thought if, I mean, if one of the corners were there, I think definitely he would have, they would have gone corner. Um, I th- yeah, I thought they might go um, elsewhere. I didn't think I didn't think they'd go linebacker. Um, What's your thoughts on that one? Yeah, I, I don't know too much about him to be honest. I didn't. I know that the apparently the Patriots were interested in him because he's so so quick for his size. Yeah. Um. So uh, yeah, I think it's one of those kind of well, obviously, like all the picks, we'll have to wait and see. But kind of, it didn't blow me away. But it's also not it doesn't feel like a stupid reach either. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like um, a bit. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's been compared to Leighton Van Der Esch, so um, hopefully, obviously, he won't have the same injury problems as, as he's had. But, yeah, I thought it was quite an interesting one. I mean, I think, don't think there's any doubt that he's a very good player. It was just I didn't expect the Cardinals to go there. Um, I thought they would go elsewhere, but, well, yeah, we'll just have to wait and see with that one. Um, so after that, I think this was possibly the biggest shock of the night, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, did he have, does he have the fastest forty yard dash of a tackle? <laughs> uh, yes, I think you're right. Is that, uh, I was I was just completely making that up. So um, because that's, yeah, that's the kind of thing the Raiders do. <laughs> I thought you were going to tell me he's, he oh, runs a two forty. No, um, so yeah, Alex Leatherwood, offensive tackle at Alabama. So I think that was the fifth Alabama player taken. Yeah, I mean, so I hope... that was the fifth one gone. Um, Offensive tackle. I don't think. I mean, watching the draft live, I think they had him down as something like the sixty fourth best player in the draft. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't know why they took him here. I, I, I really don't. They needed last rush. Um. I yeah. I, I didn't get this pick. I really didn't get it. Um. Especially when Jalen Phillips is available. Yeah. I mean, they did. Obviously, they're all in. They. They got rid of pretty much all, so they did obviously need all line help. Um, but they're they're not going to be a contender. Um, seventeenth pick, it's obviously mid round. I th- I think that's a bit of a waste to be honest. Um, I d- I didn't like that pick at all, and I think it was quite a common thought that yeah, they've that's they've reached high for him. Um, this is the high tech high high tech analysis that people are tuning in for, but. In his picture, he does look about forty-five. <laughs> uh, how, how senior is senior? Yeah. 
Right, okay, well, we'll move on to 18. Uh, as I said, I'm conscious of time because we are rather known here. But So the Dolphins took Jalen Phillips, um, edge out of Miami. Um, I th- yeah, I think everybody thought that the Dolphins might go sort of D-line on this one. Um, good player. Has had injury issues. Um, but yeah. I th- yeah, I, I like this pick. Um I think everybody everybody kind of thought, as I said, that they would this is where the, the Dolphins would go. Um they've sat back at eighteen and, and taken Phillips. Um I think there was some calls for quitty pay. Um obviously with a with a really good story as well, or not a good story, but sort of a pretty impressive story about him. Um but yeah, they've they've gone Jalen Phillips, but um so this was obviously the start of the the edge rusher starting to go. Um, we did see a run of them after this, but yeah, good pick. Yeah, I think I think it's a position of need, and yeah. I think they've already done a good job to get these picks. You're kind of getting into you're getting out of the elite player pool and into the kind of really good player pool. Um, and obviously he's he's in Miami as well, so it makes sense to me. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I mean, the the pick analysis was standout um, as a rare mix as a five-star athlete with refined technical skills. Phillips is a pure pass rusher with an array of moves that should enable him to win early and often as a double-digit sack artist in the NFL. Um, yeah, that's what Miami are looking for. Um, somebody to get off that edge, um, get the pass rush, get that quarterback um, and try and put pressure on them. Um, so yeah, I think that's a good pick for the Dolphins. Position and need addressed it. Um, can't go wrong. If, well, could go wrong, but um, I don't think anybody would be coming back and saying that was a daft pick. Um, so we'll move on to nineteen. Um, Jamin Davis, linebacker out of Kentucky to Washington. Um, pick analysis. Uh, the instinctive playmaker has a knack for finding the ball, and his penchant for creating turnovers stands out on tape. Davis is an impact player with a combination of speed and quickness that separates him from others at the position. Um, I really like this one. Um, obviously, that Washington defense is rather terrifying. Um, quarterback wasn't there, so that I don't think they were in a position to move up and take a quarterback. Um, I think they've had a very good off season as well. Um, I think between them and the Patriots are kind of talked of as sort of having the most impressive off season in terms of who they've brought in. Um, and I think yeah, linebacker was very much a position that Washington needed needed to address. Um, so yeah, I, I really like this pick. Yeah, I think I think they kind of gone for best player available, uh, or kind of yeah, best best player at a a spot. But my, my, the risk with me is that again, t- two criticisms are given to other players. Uh, he's only had eleven starts, and uh, he's two hundred and thirty four pounds for a linebacker. Feels a bit light. Um, you know, you're expecting something more like 250, 260. Um, but obviously, you know, like if that's his playing playing speed and weight, that the NFL is a bit of a different beast. So, you know, I'd, I'd hoping that he gets on the weights a bit and things like that. But I, I don't think it's a bad pick. Um, but there's there's some risk there with kind of lack of experience. Yeah. Okay, Doc. Right, so that's us at 20 now. Um, so I think maybe what we should do is just really quickly run through all these, um, just because obviously I don't really want to go on for too much longer. Um, so number 20, the Giants. Kadarius, 20, wide receiver, Florida. Um, that was obviously the, the, the Chicago trade. 
Um, so quick analysis, the speedy patch, pass catcher is a roadrunner on the perimeter with exceptional stop, start, quickness and burst. Tony is one of the few playmakers in the draft with the capacity to score from anywhere on the field and deep balls or catch and run plays. Um, yeah, I think great pick for them. And trade down, get a little bit extra. Obviously, they've picked up that first next year from um, the Bears plus a couple of extra picks. Um, giving Danny Dines um, a weapon, obviously he's going to have Barkley back. Um, yeah, I really like this pick. I think White Wide receiver was definitely position in need for them. Yep, agree. I think he'll be great as, as a slot receiver. Absolutely rapid. Um, right, so number 21, Colts took Quitty Payne, edge rusher out of Michigan. Um, was described as the ultra-athletic pass catcher, displays high-end twitch and explosiveness, hunting quarterbacks off the edge. Pay has the tools to emerge as a blue-chip pass rusher, but the production hasn't matched his talent to this point. Um, as I mentioned earlier, re sort of interesting story behind him. Um, his mother escaped um, war-torn country, um, came over to America, and I think Payne was caught on audio after basically turning around to his mum afterwards and sort of saying, you can retire now. Um, so obviously, good sort of story there in terms of the the actual player himself. Obviously, you hear horror stories about NFL players all the time, and it's nice to hear a good story for a change. Um, but yeah, I think very much sort of um, just a need pick for the, for the Colts. I think that's probably where they had to go. Um, agreed. Yeah, again, good organization for a player like that. I mean. I, I'm a bit bit dodgy to hear question marks over production, and it's just a guess on talent. I, uh, you know, I hope it works out. Yeah, I mean, there's, uh, yeah, I don't think there's any doubt that he's he's talented, but whether or not he can produce, um, obviously now that he's going to be in the NFL, we'll just have to wait and see. But um, yeah, very much liked him. Um, okay, it was number twenty two, the Titans. Uh, I think this is probably one I'll let you start us off with. Um, <laughs> well, Caleb Farley, cornerback out of Virginia Tech. Yeah, absolutely uh, printing money, this pick, for it to be uh, <laughs> this low in the draft. Um, I think there was there was question marks over his um, health, wasn't there? Um, I think not just coronavirus, but I think he had injuries and stuff. So, um, I, again, throughout the season, he was talked about as being like a, a 10th or 11th overall pick. So I think this is a bit of a steal for them. Talent-wise, he's just got to stay healthy. So glad I've just managed to get back in for this pick. <laughs> uh, yeah, so just obviously, as you've rejoined us, we're just sort of running through them quickly at the end because I'm sort of nervous on time. So we're just kind of running through them and quickly mentioning each one. Um, yeah, I've, yeah, I've still been listening along. I've still, right. I just couldn't, just couldn't speak. Um, <laughs> but I, the one That's that I questioned was... <laughs> so, yeah, continue. Feel free. So, so yeah, so Farley obviously has issues. I think there was some talk that teams were concerned he possibly needed more surgery. Um, but he's been described as far as a big-bodied corner, outstanding instinct, awareness and ball skills, particularly in zone coverage. He's a solid tackler in space and his physicality makes him an ideal fit in a zone-heavy scheme. Um, yeah, I think it's a good pick for the Titans. Um, definitely a position in need. Um, another one I think that the Saints were disappointed I think they possibly hoped they might get him um, later on but yeah good pick for the Titans I think um, just have to wait and see how he gets on obviously with injury issues um, but yeah so we'll move on to 23 so the Minnesota Vikings Christian Darashaw 
um, out of Virginia Tech, um, described as an aggressive blocker with size, strength, and power. Virginia Tech stand out as a backyard bully on the edges. Dara shows a stout and sturdy in pass protection while displaying enough explosiveness to move defenders off the ball and run in the running game. He's an outstanding power player with intriguing tools as a prospect. Um, yeah. Thoughts? He's a big boy. <laughs> he is. <laughs> Yeah, um, that's, that's that's what you need it as a a running team. Yeah, that's that's what Dalvin Cook wants in front of him. Yeah, um, he's obviously taken a lot of hits over the last few years. Um, got to try and protect him, um, get these guys to the next level, so so Cook can do what 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 you can do. Um, yeah, I think that was very much a position in need for the for the Vikings. Um, so I think that was a good pick for them. Good um, trade down. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, I forgot to mention that. Yeah, that was a good trick then. They dropped, what, it dropped 10 places? They were 14, weren't they? So, were they? Uh, yeah, the Jets yeah. traded up for Tucker, yeah. yeah. So, um, I'd say, brilliant yeah. move by them. Okay, also number 24. Um, this one I was absolutely certain at. Um, so, the Steelers took Najee Harris running back, another player out of Alabama. Um, 100% position in need for the Steelers. Um, obviously lost James Connor in the off season, who didn't really perform last year. Um, but described as a big bodied running back as a hybrid playmaker with running back one and wide receiver two skills. Harris displays Matt Forty, Le'Veon Bell like ability with the ball in his hands and could quickly emerge as a top five player at the position. Um, yeah, I think it's a great pick for them. Um, unfortunately, as much as I dislike the Pittsburgh Steelers, but yeah, I think that was a good pick. Um, I think Dolphins fans were maybe a bit disappointed. I think they possibly wanted him. Um, but obviously they traded up for, um, sorry, yeah. not talking nonsense. No, they didn't. Yeah, they, yeah, took, no, they... they took edge rusher earlier on. Um, but yeah, I think there was obviously Kadima mentioned last week on the AFC East podcast that um, yeah, I think there was some Dolphins fans were were after Harris. But yeah, I think I don't think the Steelers could have, could really go wrong with this one. I think that was a just about as surefire pick as almost as much as Lawrence was at number one. Yeah, yeah, I don't think yeah. I can disagree with that one. Yeah. Okay, dog. So we're getting there. So the Jags again at twenty. Yeah, not much to say on that one. To be fair. Um. Yeah, this was a bit of a strange one for me. Um, Travis Etienne running back out of Clemson. Um, I think this is similarly similar to what we mentioned earlier, just teaming him up with his old quarterback. Um. Obviously, the the Jags rookie last year was very good. So was. Yeah. James Robinson was, yeah. Yeah, Robinson was good. Was, so yeah. I was quite surprised to see Etienne go here, but um, described as the electric runner as a big play machine with speed to burn. An explosive one-cut runner, Etienne is a threat to score whenever he touches the rock as a runner or receiver. Um, yeah, surprised with this one, obviously, the Jags. Similar to other teams, have a lot of holes to fill. Really not a good team, as we saw last season, with getting the number one overall pick. Um, so yeah, I was I was surprised to see them go go running back here. Yeah, I was hoping to get them in the second round for the Falcons. Um, I feel like they've probably reached a little bit for the player at the pick um, and for the fit for the team. But I think he'll be a good player. But yeah, you're right. Like I, I wasn't expecting them to go running back, especially when there's still some good players left that can help them. Yeah. 
Okay, so number 26, the Browns took Greg Newsom the second cornerback at Northwestern and described as a standout polished cover corner with size, athleticism and ball skills. He's a scheme-friendly playmaker with the potential to step in as a starter from day one. Um, yeah, I like this pick from the Browns. Um, I think they've got a bit of an issue with Greedy Williams. I think he's got some some sort of health issue where I think they're not sure if he's going to be able to still play. Um, so I think, yeah. Really, really good team. Obviously, we saw what they did in the playoffs last year. Um, they're possibly a couple pieces away. They've added Clowney. Um, yeah, I really like this pick. Yeah, it's it's a very young um, cornerback room in uh, yeah. Cleveland now. I think it's a good pick, but <laughs> do they need like an experienced player in there? Could they have used this pick somewhere else? And got tried to get an experienced cornerback to as a bit different to what they've already got was my only thinking. Um, I had that conversation with a Browns friend earlier, and he, he kind of shot me down a little bit. But that was my only thinking. Yeah, um, I think Reese, one of our resident Browns fans, was was quite happy at that pick. Um, I mean, I was bed bait by this time. I watched the rest this morning. Um, but yeah, I, I I was reading back through the chat this morning, and I think I think Reese was pretty happy with some. <laughs> um, okay, so number twenty seven, the Ravens, um, Rashad Bateman, wide receiver out of Minnesota. Um, so he's described as an enticing mix of AJ Brown and Michael Thomas on the perimeter as a physical pass catcher with a capacity to play out wide or in the slot. He's a true number one receiver, and his underrated game could pop at the next level. Um, yeah, I think this was. I think a really good pick for for the Ravens. I think they they had this was a need. Um, obviously, they're trying to give um, Jackson as many weapons as they can, and I think yeah, I think wide receiver was a good move for them. Yeah, I think they needed they needed a, a receiver of decent size as well. Um, yeah, I mean it's not like he's massive, but compare him to um, is it Marquise Brown? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's six. He's six foot. Um, so he's yeah, he's a bit bigger than Brown. Um, but yeah, no, I I did like that pick. Um, I thought that was I thought that was a good pick for them. Um, so yeah, so we'll move on to so the New Orleans Saints, Peyton Turner, defensive end out of Houston, described as a high motor defender and is a non-stop pursuer from the backside. Turner is still a work in progress, but he should make immediate con- contributions as a situational pass rusher, rusher with inside and outside vers- versatility. Um, this one reminded me a little bit of Davenport um, when the Saints took him a few years ago. Um, I seem to recall a similar sort of description about him, that he was had very much a lot of potential, but they'd obviously have to try and get that out of him. Um, he wasn't the most complete player, um, but yeah, I think I think it's quite a good pick for the Saints. They were never going to be in the discussion for one of the quarterbacks, so I think it was probably very much a case of them possibly best player available. Um, obviously, they're going to be in your division, so so thoughts on on the Saints pick? Well, we when we played them, we gave up about was it nine sacks in two games. So we know, yeah, it was ridiculous. I think we actually gave up six in one game. So we know their pass rush is very good anyway. Um, So it's, I'd say it's a good pick. It's not one that I'd like to see, but 
it's um yeah, it's a worry for us for sure, I'd say. Okay, so we've got four left. Um, so next up at 29 was the Packers with Eric Stokes, <laughs> cornerback out of Georgia. Um, described as a big physical cornerback, standing athleticism, speed and quickness. Stokes has the tools to challenge elite receivers in the perimeter. The Georgia standout lacks elite ball skills, but his talent gives him a chance to play at a high level early in his career. Uh, I'm sure Aaron Rodgers was absolutely delighted when he saw this pick. Um <laughs> When, I mean, when you see the, the stats in terms of what the Packers have done with first-round picks in the last 10, it's quite astonishing, really, when you've got... <laughs> you've got to laugh at it, though. When you've got arguably the second-best quarterback of all time, um, and you, you seem to just refuse to give him any sort of help. Um, <laughs> he hasn't I, needed it. <laughs> he kind of well, he's only won one Super Bowl. Well, well, yeah, but they they they're competing every year, so you're kind of going like whatever they're doing is kind of working, even if it's not pandering to Rogers. But then the, you could say that if they picked a a, a weapon, that's what they need. They, they that's how close they are. Yeah, I'm just the saying. Only, you flip yeah. it the other way and get, say the only reason they're getting there is because they've got a good defense helping Rogers. But yeah, the only thing I like about this was. Um, King was absolutely slated for his play in the playoffs, wasn't he? He was making mistakes left, right, and centre. So I'm wondering if that's got anything, um, anything to do with why Stokes was picked, or just a cornerback in general. I don't know what you boys yeah. think about that one, but because he yeah. was absolutely butchered for it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just think. I mean, we all, obviously everybody heard and the rumours about Rogers sort of in the hours. In the lead up to the draft, um, yeah, yeah, you've got you've got Rogers, who's arguably the one of one of what top three quarterback in the league. Oh, I thought you were going to say the best of all time, and you stopped yourself. No, I nearly said best in the league, and then I thought I better not. Although I think he's still better than Mahomes, but um, I thought I better not say that. Although I have now just said that. But anyway, we'll move on. We'll move on to thirty and build. Um, so the Bills, yeah, I think they've nailed this pick. Um, Craig Ross Rousseau. Rousseau. Yeah, so Rousseau, the long range yeah. pass rusher from Miami has all the physical tools to emerge as a dominant pass rusher. Um, his game is similar to that of a young JPP in the way he utilizes his length and non stop motor to overwhelm blockers on the edge. Um, yeah, I think they've nailed this pick. Um, I thought he would go higher than this. Um, so I'm sure the Bills were probably very happy to pick him up here at 30. Position in need. Um, yeah, I think they've nailed this one. And he's absolutely massive. Six foot seven. He is, yeah, he's a big boy. Um, big, big boy. Um, so the, the, Yeah, there was a lot of Falcon fans that were hoping he'd fall into the second for us. And I just, I was, I, ne- I just didn't see it happening. Um, surprised. Yeah, I, but, I thought, I thought the Dolphins might have taken him. Um, I thought they might have taken him at 18. Um, but yeah, I think yeah. that's a really good, really good pick for the for the Bills. Um, as much as it pains me to say it, um, so penultimate one, um, thirty one, the Baltimore Ravens with their second first overall pick in this draft took Odafe Owe, Owe, edge rusher out of Penn State, uh, and obviously that was the the pick they picked up from Kansas City from that trade for um, I've forgotten his name, my mind's gone blank, um, the tackle. Oh, yeah, him. Yeah. 
uh, yeah, we'll call him. Um, so he's described as a five-star athlete with impressive physical tools. Um, he's the potential to blossom at the next level. He hasn't developed at least elite pass rushing skills, but his combination of size, speed, and quickness gives him a chance to become a key contributor and a situational edge defender as a youngster. Um, yeah, obviously they've lost Matt Judon. Um, the Ravens obviously they needed to address. Although Judon is a, quite versatile, um, I think they've addressed that pass rushing. Um, issue um, in there, um, so yeah, I think that's a good pick for pick for the Ravens. Um, yeah, so we'll move on to the very last pick of the draft or, or of night one, should we say? irrelevant of night one. Yeah, so the, the reigning Super Bowl champions um, and the greatest quarterback of all times team, um, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, so Joe Tyron, edge rusher out of Washington. Um, described as a big attraction. What did I say? Uh, something else. I think I said try on. <laughs> yeah, try on. So he's described as a big athletic edge defender with explosive first step quickness and a non-stop motor. Tyron could give opponents problems at the line of scrimmage. He's a disruptive force in the edge with some take-over-the-game potential as a versatile pass rusher and playmaker. Um, I mean, I think that I think as Rory said in the, in the chat, the Buccaneers were just dropped drafting for depth at 32 and um, they're not going to get one of the guys that's probably better than their starters um, so it was just a case of maybe pick somebody with a lot of potential and develop them um, obviously they've they've taken back all 22 starters from last season um, so they didn't really have, they didn't have any holes to fill so yeah I think it's a nice nice pickup for the Buccaneers player that seems to have high potential um, and they're just going to have to try and sort of um, nurse that out of them Thoughts? Yeah, yeah. When I've when I've seen him play, I like his mode, which is always a good thing about a pass rusher because you just got to keep going and going and going. So uh, yeah, I think like I agree with everything you yeah, said. So you don't want an Albert Hainsworth. That's pretty much what you're saying. Pretty much, yeah. I'm trying to remember the name of the the Eagles one who was an, um, Connor Barwin. It reminds me of that kind of like proper hardworking bloke. Right, okay, doke. So that's. I mean, it's taken a little bit longer than I would have liked, but um, we've got there in the end. So that's picks one to thirty-two. I'm not going to do a recap because I don't know. <laughs> so yeah, so thanks for joining that. Um, I'm hoping to in the next one um, do the NFC South. I had hoped to do it pre-draft, um, but there was some scheduling issues with a couple of people, so we couldn't quite get it organised. Um, but we're hoping to have that done next week. So hopefully, it should be out on Tuesday. Um, so we'll just obviously have a look at what what they did in in the off season, and then and then also what they did in the draft. Um, so yeah, so thanks again for um, Charlie and Tom for, for coming along tonight, and well, Charlie for half of it. Um, yeah. Through, but yeah, didn't no, like those mid range picks. No, um, but yeah, thanks very much for for joining, and hopefully everybody enjoyed the draft recap, and hopefully we'll catch you for the next episode. Thanks, bye.